Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Well, recently, the Financial Times had an article on its uh, global, in its global edition, questioning if America's most liberal city could ever pull itself out of its doom loop. Uh, they were talking about San Francisco. And what uh, is happening is that city is in the midst of a crisis that includes homelessness, drug abuse, and sensational crime, all of which uh, threatens the city's future. Now, San Francisco is home to the global tech industry, home to four out of the ten most valuable companies in the world, including Apple, Alphabet, NVIDIA, and Meta. It has 70 billionaires alone who call San Francisco home. The city produces significant wealth and just as impressive uh, tax base. However, a staggering 1% of the city's population is homeless compared to less than 0.2% across the U.S. The gulf between rich and poor is among the largest in America. Now, San Francisco also has the second highest rate of drug deaths of any city in the U.S. after Philadelphia. Uh, Almost twice as many people in the Bay Area, about 2,000, have died from overdoses uh, than from COVID-19 since 2020. Now, high house prices and rents are also soaring to among the highest in the U.S. during the last tech boom. Uh, Since the pandemic, tech companies have embraced remote working, laid off staff, and slashed office spaces, leaving almost a third of the city's commercial real estate vacant. The area has lost 2,500 businesses since March of 2020. Homelessness, drug abuse, crime, high rents, affordability issues, businesses shutting down. Does that remind you of another liberal city? Perhaps Vancouver, and perhaps on a smaller scale. But these are similar issues that Vancouver is also dealing with. The problem with San Francisco is they are in what many uh, people who look at urbanism, they're in the midst of a doom loop. What lessons are to be there to be learned from San Francisco's doom loop? Well, joining me now to discuss the issue is Michael Geller, president of the Geller Group. He's an architect, planner, and a real estate consultant as well. Michael, Thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Your thoughts on this doom loop uh, that uh, many commentators have said San Francisco is uh, in the midst of a a crisis of homelessness, drug abuse, uh, crime, and it can't pull itself out. Uh, It's sober reading, isn't it? It's very sober reading. I can remember the very first time I saw people sleeping on the streets was in San Francisco. And at the time, it was quite horrific. And of course, today, we have become so accustomed to it. I mean, for those who haven't read the story, what it's talking about is that the the drug use is becoming so rampant that a lot of people simply don't want to be in many parts of the downtown. And as a result of that, combined with COVID, Office space, is a, uh, there's a 30% vacancy rate in, in office space in a large portion of the downtown. I mean, the story focuses on the downtown, not the entire San Francisco Bay Area. But it is horrific to read it, but I do think it offers some lessons for Vancouver because I think we are slowly heading in a similar direction. What are the lessons in your mind? Well, the first one is... Somebody once said, if you're sitting in the bathtub with the hot water running, how do you know when to shout? And I think we're, that's what's happening right now. We are all witnessing so many deaths. 
We're miss, uh, from fentanyl and overdose. We're witnessing a lot of crime, an increasing amount of crime, to the point that I think we're almost becoming immune to it. And, uh, and I think in San Francisco, people were becoming so used to it and immune to it. And then the question was, just how bad do things have to get before you suddenly say, we, 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 you know, you're, you're reaching national and international media and uh, you have to start to do something about it. I mean, in Vancouver, there's no doubt we are very actively trying to deal with the drug overdose crisis. We're trying to deal with the homelessness or unhoused people crisis. But I definitely think that uh, we have to do more. And it's not just housing people. There's much more that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've talked about dealing with the issue of drugs. Um, What other things do you think Vancouver needs to be focused on as a region? And with help of senior government, is the question of more housing as well? Certainly more housing. And not necessarily just housing people in new projects, which can take a long time to create. Toronto had a very effective program called Street to Home, where they basically were housing people in individual rental apartments as they became available. And then they were, they, these individuals were provided with support services. And at the beginning, I mean, the support services may well have been there every day. But over time, they were able to reduce the necessity of those support services. And uh, according to the reports that I had when I once toured uh, with homeless uh, advocates in Toronto, 2,000 people were taken off the streets through this street-to-home program. But in Vancouver, we tend to build more projects, which take a long time, and then they bring their own problems because of the high concentration of people who, who, who are both drug-addicted and suffering from mental illness, which brings me to another point. We definitely do need to build more facilities to accommodate people who are mentally ill. Many of them simply cannot even be housed in in new apartments. They're simply not capable of living in those apartments. Mm-hmm. And uh, Francis Bueller and others have written about that. Mm-hmm. Now, the the article in the Financial Times for the International Edition talks about the doom loop. And they said that the doom loop really is about remote workers never coming back to downtown Vancouver. Um, and we got to remember San Francisco is the epicenter of tech, the Silicon Valley. Uh, over 70 billionaires there, world-class companies. So if remote workers never come back or not come back to what they were pre-COVID, it usually drives the value of office space, which leads to businesses shuttering. There are 2,500, or San Francisco has already lost 2,500 businesses uh, since March of 2020. Uh, Then, of course, they said the political infighting uh, among politicians continues, and that usually leads to you know, challenges of finding programs that can deal with the issue that we're talking about, homelessness, violence, and drug use, the tax base shrinks. It is just an endless doom loop where a city can spiral down. To a certain degree, I guess you could say you saw that with New York many decades ago before it made its comeback. This, and maybe it's not as, um, every city's not going to be as bad as, let's say, San Francisco, but I think to a certain degree, every city, a major city, is struggling to deal with life after COVID, aren't they? There's no doubt that COVID has had a real impact, um, and especially in terms of people not going into the office. But it's a combination of things in San Francisco. It's, it's not one of the reasons people don't want to go back to the office 
is in many instances they're not feeling safe going to the offices. And this article that you shared with me talks about how Whole Foods and uh, Nordstrom's and a number of other major businesses that were next to these office buildings, they have also now closed down and moved out of the area in part, in large part, because of the the crime on the streets, the homelessness on the streets, and the related problems. So they're all kind of interrelated. Now, we haven't got the same problems in Vancouver to the extent uh, that we're seeing people closing down businesses and offices to the same extent because of the crime on the streets, but it is happening here. There's no doubt it is happening here as well. You know, you asked me before, Jazz, what else can we do? A number of years ago, I volunteered in the downtown east side, and I spoke to a lot of people, and they often gave me ideas that many times we don't talk about. I mean, one of the problems of being unhoused is that you're often unwork. You don't have anything to do during the day. You don't have any work. Now, some will say, well, these people, and we use that term, these people, they can't work. But it's not entirely true. You know, with various support, some of these people could be working. So there's a whole area there of figuring out how to help train people or at least getting them to work. One of the other things is people can't work because if they're in a shelter, they don't have a dress. Well, give them an address. Give them a post office box. Another thing is people don't have clothes. Well, we, we all have far too many clothes in our closets that if we were just given a nudge and told or how to make those clothing, uh, those things available, we'd do that. And also there's just personal hygiene. A lot of people just need to, they need to get cleaned up, but, mm-hmm. you know, barbershops and things like that. So there's a variety of things. Now, people are going to say that it's crazy to be talking this way, but it isn't. I think there's a... You you and I get to go to work every day. So many people, if they're retired, they still get to go to discussion groups. They get to travel. Mm -hmm. These people who are on the streets have literally nothing to do, Mm -hmm. nowhere to go. They don't even have community centers that they can go and hang out in, and they can't hang out in the shelter. And I think that's what contributes to the problems on the street. We're speaking to Michael Geller, who's the president of the Geller Group. He's an architect, planner, and real estate consultant. We're talking about San Francisco, Vancouver, uh, sorry, America's most liberal city. Uh, but it is going through significant challenges of homelessness, drug abuse, and sensational crime. Uh, similar things that Vancouver is going through. We're asking what lessons can be learned uh, by Vancouver because uh, San Francisco has a significant amount of wealth, but significant challenges before it as well. Home to four, the 10 most valuable companies in the world, 70 billionaires, um, massive budget every year, but yet they still have significant challenges in that city. Uh, now, Michael, part of the conversation we're having in our city is trying to find a fine line between not arresting people for uh, carrying a small amount of hard drugs because they're dealing with an addiction. At the same time, many have said the, that it's the wrong way to go. You see municipalities recently now bringing in bylaws, uh, banning public use of drugs. There's that fine line between compassion and law and order. And we still seem to be struggling to find that point where we can agree collectively on where we need to be. Uh, We seem to be in the midst of that debate as well, and the people that need the help are not getting the help. I think that's true. Now, there's others who are in a better position to comment on this. I would say that, generally speaking, San Francisco took a very compassionate approach And it obviously did not work, and now others are coming in to sort of bring in law and order. 
I would say generally in Vancouver, certainly since 2008 when Gregor Robertson was elected and promised to end homelessness, we have generally taken a more compassionate approach as well. And But eventually we saw literally hundreds of tents being set up on the streets. Um, and we've, we, so many other problems are happening in the in parts of the downtown that I don't even want to discuss on the radio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's why I think now there is a, a growing interest in a more law and order approach. I was at a, a talk earlier this week with uh, Ravi Kalan, the new Minister of Housing, who I must say did a phenomenal job of addressing questions from some very angry, concerned people who are living in the downtown and are saying their neighborhoods are being ruined by the violence and the drug attack, drug activity outside their homes and the related problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the interesting things, and it's in this article you shared with me, in San Francisco it used to be somewhat isolated to a certain part of the city, and then it spread. In Vancouver, I think the same held true as well, that homelessness, we really only saw homeless people in the downtown east side. But now we're starting to see homeless people in Kitsilano, Carisdale, and indeed throughout the city. And the newest policy really is to try and uh, spread facilities out throughout the city, which I think could potentially exacerbate that issue as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it probably all depends on your political perspective, whether you tend to be a liberal or tend to be very, very conservative. Yes, uh, but it is, uh, I think it's important that we continue to watch uh, many cities, uh, whether it be in Canada or in the United States. They're going through some similar issues, but San Francisco, is, as you've articulated very well, a great city, uh, but uh, it is going through some incredible challenges, and I think there, uh, you are correct. There are lessons to be learned uh, for Vancouver, that's for sure. Michael, thank you for your time once again. Always enjoy, enjoy our conversations. I uh, look forward to chatting with you soon. Thank you very much for inviting me.